Welcome to the Love Life Podcast, episode number seven, Being Happy When Life is Hard. It's December 15th, 2020. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and clearly podcaster. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is hard. And as for my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. And my music is by Howie Muscovich. happy when life is hard. That's not a concept that everybody could embrace or wrap their head around or even believe. But I am someone who's had an extraordinary amount of hardship or suffering or emotional pain in my life. And I've also been somebody who doesn't just slog through it, but I'm but I have a way to be happy even when life is excruciatingly painful prior to the pandemic, by the way. So we're going to talk about how you can be happy when you're suffering or when life is really hard. And before I get into what I'm going to cover, I just want to point out that there's a poll from the University of Chicago that's stating that currently, or I think the poll was done earlier this this year during the pandemic, that says just 14% of Americans can say that they're very happy. So we've had a, a huge nosedive in happiness, We've had a huge uptake in depression and anxiety and loneliness and isolation and all kinds of negative feelings. And several of my podcasts deal with those topics. I have a particular one about um, dealing with managing depression and anxiety. And of course, I hope you're going to listen to the first one, which is titled Be Well Loved, because I really want everyone to have be well loved as their number one goal in life because I think it's really cool and it's and it's important. So we we live in a world where there's always been a lot of suffering and one of the things that I talked about in my podcast number five using emotional pain to your advantage is really all the different circumstances separate from a pandemic that cause deep emotional pain and suffering. So we've always had suffering in the world and in life, but it's just we've gone under the microscope with suffering because we're all suffering because it's it's a pandemic. So there are things that can help you through that. And here's what I'm going to be covering in the podcast today. So I'm going to talk about a couple aspects of suffering, including three levels of suffering, which I hope you'll find as, as fascinating as I do, because apparently I I think it's so fascinating, it's podcast worthy. I'm going to give you my take on having an empowering context to suffering, because to me, that's very helpful. A couple things to do or not to do, or really not to do in hard times. I'm going to really cover the benefits of happiness, because I think they're extraordinary, and hopefully they're going to want to help you be motivated to get into the next topic, which is generating your own happiness. I'll give you some takeaways, some steps to, to be in action, some takeaways, and then a call to action. 
So right off the bat, I'm going to make a shameless plug for you to go to my website so you can enter my giveaway and win free stuff. The giveaway, which is called the Year Freedom Giveaway, goes on till July 2021, and you can win cool prizes. And once my author copies of my new book arrive, well, I'll be putting those, a couple copies of that, into the giveaway as prizes. Next up, my disclaimer. It's very important that you understand that I am not a medical health professional or therapist in any way. I'm just not. I have a lot of background, but I'm not a medical licensed therapist or professional in any way. So if you are suicidal, I am asking you to please, please just call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Do that right now. I'm asking if you're thinking about harming yourself, if you're thinking about suicide, I'm asking you to get in action and call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline or call a friend or put it on social media. Tell people. People love you. I know people love you. And so get in action. So I'm not offering medical or therapy advice, just practical wisdom. Learn from the School of Hard Knocks. So let's talk about some aspects of suffering. So we don't talk about emotional pain, generally speaking, which would be another word for suffering. We are surrounded by it. Even prior to a pandemic, we are surrounded by all kinds of suffering, but we we barely or rarely acknowledge it. And I'm here to say that pretending that you're not in pain, emotional pain or suffering when you are, it just isn't helpful. Now, my Last podcast was titled Using Emotional Pain to Your Advantage, and that would probably be helpful, and I'm not going to repeat that content. I'm just pointing it out that there's another place that will help you dig in a little deeper during this time when so many people are suffering. So I think one of the things that I read a number of years ago categorized suffering into three different levels. Now, if you're not religious, you might want to fast forward through this because this does come from a religious book that I was deeply moved by, written actually in 1937 by uh, uh, Reverend Dom Vitalis Lidohi. And it's the book, the title of the book is called Holy Abandonment. Now, you know, a book written in 1937 by a religious scholar wasn't the easiest book to read. So I would say it's like a five, it's over 500 pages, I think. I, I don't have a copy anymore. I gave my copy away. But I could probably only read two or three pages a day, but it arrived at the perfect time. It arrived and I started reading it before a period of deep and profound suffering would come upon me. Little did I know. So it's it was amazing. But I'm going to paraphrase the three levels of suffering outlined in the Holy Abandonment book from 1934 because it was riveting to me. And I've talked to many people in the last seven years about this, and I think think it's worth taking a little peek at. So according to the Holy Abandonment book, paraphrasing again, the three levels of suffering are, number one, you get through it. You basically, you know, get through the suffering. That's it. Just plain and simple. You suffer, you get through it. That's all. Now, the second level of suffering 
is you get through it, but you get through it with some joy and happiness. So you still are suffering. You know, the suffering hasn't changed, but you're able to find some happiness and joy during the suffering. And the third level is, <laughs> I know you can't, I can hardly say this because I can't believe it. The third level is you intentionally ask God for more suffering. I know. So I have to say I've always been, or at least for many, a couple decades now, been no matter where I move or live, I tend to be connected with nuns, which is very interesting as a side note. So I am connected with nuns, and I had an opportunity to talk to a mother superior, mother superior at a convent that I closely, you know, related and connected to. And I had a discussion with her about this because, you know, of course, I find it riveting. And I, what I said to the mother superior was, I said, well, I found that I've at least reached level two. So I'm, I'm suffering deeply, but I'm able to find happiness and some joy, even though it's excruciatingly painful. I said, but mother superior, I don't think I'll ever get to level three and ask God for more suffering. And she just started laughing and she said, oh, Lisa. Uh, I haven't gotten there either. So I'm like, well, okay, Mother Superior hasn't gotten there either. I get, a, I get a pass. So here's the thing for me about suffering. I believe, and what I have found is that when I can create an empowering context or background for suffering, it just seems to take the edge off of suffering for me to some degree. I mean, listen, if it's painful, it's painful. There's no way around it. But, you, but as I talked about in my last podcast, using emotional pain to your advantage, you can take the pain that you're having and grow and learn and become a better person for it. So here's a couple empowering contexts from my viewpoint for suffering. So one of the empowering contexts for suffering is that it is an opportunity to increase our virtues. And those virtues, namely, would be humility, kindness, patience, diligence, charity, temperance, and chastity. Another empowering context, separate from the virtues, is that it's an opportunity for growth and develop growth and development, to, to learn new skills, new habits, new practices, to become self-aware, to grow your emotional abilities. Now, my second podcast is Emotions as a Superpower, which, by the way, I am very clear emotions are a superpower. So an empowering context for a pandemic and for a lot of deep suffering would be to become... You, to have your emotions as a superpower. Another con empowering context for suffering is that you could look at it as a signal or a sign that it's time to change or it's time to change something. And obviously, I already mentioned my podcast on using emotional pain to your advantage. To me, that's definitely an empowering context. So before I get into happiness, though, because so many people are suffering, I, on my blog from earlier this year, I had a couple different blog posts uh, that are on the pandemic and tips for getting you through the pandemic. And one of them, in the, one of the blog posts, I have a, a table of like 20, I don't know, 21 or 22 things not to do during a pandemic and things to do instead of that. So I'm not going to go over that chart either because that's on the blog, but because this is 
kind of the preview to happiness when we're still on the suffering topic, I just want to make a mention of a couple of them because I think it's it would be it might be helpful. So number one, <clears throat> when life is hard and you're really up against it, do not watch the news. That's just not helpful. Just turn it off. If there's a major event, someone will call you and tell you. Now, I had a very difficult time uh, in 2001. Like I was just had a lot of things going on. So I didn't watch the news because I know it's not good for me when I'm, you know, in a period of hardship. So someone called me about 9-11. And then I knew about it. Then I turned on the TV. So if you don't need to watch the news, someone will let you know or you'll find out on social media. Avoid negative people or Debbie Downers. They're just not going to help you. Don't engage in conversations that upset you or negative. Now, for some of you, that might be difficult. But, you know, I've had a very, I've had a lot of hardship in my life, people. So I've gotten very practiced and skilled at saying to people, look, I can't talk about that right now because I'm really in a difficult spot. And that's just not a conversation I can get into. And when people know what's going on with you, they can go, oh, okay, you know, that's fair. Don't skip your showers. Do your self-care. Say no to day drinking. Say no to self-medicating. Say no to pity parties that go on and on and on. Okay, you can have a little pity party, but then you've got to terminate that. Try to reduce your junk food or just say no to junk food and soda and say no to being in denial because it's not helpful and say no to sitting in your pajamas all day. Those are just a few of the top things not to do when you're suffering. Now, I think that the benefits of happiness are extraordinary. So before I get into the whole idea and concept of generating your own happiness and how to be happy when life is hard, I really want to highlight the benefits of happiness because, of course... I am a fan, big time fan of happiness. And while I've had extraordinary difficulties, actually they some of them, several, several fall under the trauma category. I learned at a young age how to be happy and how to flip the switch on my emotions and how to generate my own happiness. So I want you to really listen as I go through the list of happiness and just ask yourself, don't you want that for yourself? Well, of course you want that for yourself, and I think most people do. All right, happiness. Well, it feels great. It's good for your heart. Now, there's scientific research that addresses how protective happiness is for your heart, your heart, you know, scientifically, like it's, it's protects, it protects you from heart attacks and, and heart, lots of heart issues. Happiness helps build your immune system. Well, during a pandemic where a virus is at play, having your immune system boosted is definitely beneficial. Happiness helps you combat stress more effectively. Happy people have less aches and pains. Happiness helps you combat combat disease and disability. According to the research, happiness can lengthen your lifespan by up to 10 years. Happy people are less likely, less likely to get sick. Happy people have more friends. Happy people are more successful. Being happy makes life easier. Being happy, happy people have more rich and meaningful conversations. Happy people smile more, which makes them actually perceived. Now, this is just a perception, but smiling more makes people perceived as more generous, trustworthy, and extroverted. Happy people exercise more and eat better. I thought that was interesting from the research. 
Happy people are more productive. They're more creative. They earn more. They're more satisfied with their jobs. They're kinder. They're more loved. They're viewed as better, well-regarded leaders. They are happier with themselves and what they have in life. And interestingly enough, from the research, happier parents, so this only applies to parents, but happier parents engage in more positive parental behaviors, and that influences positive outcomes with their children. So that that impacts the child's motivation, the child's achievement, and the child's peer relationships. And lastly, happiness is sexy, and it's an attractive quality. So we all want to be happy, right? So why is it that so many people are unhappy? Well, of course, we have a pandemic. But even prior to the pandemic, we had a lot of people who were struggling with depression and anxiety, low self-esteem, you know, substance abuse. We, We have plenty of statistics and evidence prior to 2020 that we had more people that were unhappy for a variety of reasons. So the thing about happiness is, in my opinion, it's a skill set, it's an attitude, it's a belief, it's a way of living life. And happiness can be obtained in any given moment if you have the skills, abilities, attitudes, and beliefs. And happiness can actually become your wheelhouse or your thing. It could be. Like if you are living life and you've struggled with depression your whole life or anxiety or whatever, you know, struggled with the negative emotions, you could actually change that. I'm here to tell you, you really could, but it's going to take some action. So I want to address this concept that I call, <laughs> I don't I don't know what anybody else would call it because I make up my own names for things, but I call it generating your own happiness. And I did a YouTube video about this. So there's a YouTube video. I actually have a separate whole blog post about this, but to me, Here's how most people are about happiness. Most people are have this mentality or this attitude that they're going to be happy when they're in a relationship or they're going to be happy when they have X amount of money in the bank or they'll be happy when they've you know attained X, Y, or Z position in life or in their career or they'll be happy when people like them, or they'll be happy when they get married, or they'll be happy when they feel better, or they'll be happy when they're healthy. They'll be happy dot, 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 when X, Y, or Z happens. So what, to me, what that is, is people have taken the idea of happiness and collapsed it with circumstances. So their happiness becomes contingent upon circumstances. And what I'm asking you to do is to separate those, to to deconstruct it so that you can have happiness independent of your circumstances, independent of career change or financial status, independent of those things. And that's just not the way most people look at it. So you could be happy at any given time. And I'm going to give you, (laughs) I'm going to give you an example of me generating happiness, generating my own happiness when my circumstances were horrible. This is about 
six or seven years ago. Nothing I could do, you know, it, it was circumstances that I didn't create, I didn't cause, but I was certainly impacted by the circumstances. And it was just, it was crushing. It was just a really, really bad thing. And I would talk about it, but I can't really talk about it um, safely or, you know, prudently. So here I am in a very, very bad, very depressing, just crushing set of circumstances. And because happiness is my wheelhouse, people, I thought, oh yeah, well, I'm not going to let I'm not going to let these circumstances take away my happiness because why would I do that? Why would I allow someone else to take away my happiness or some circumstances that I didn't cause take away my happiness? Why would I do that? Well, I could have done that, but that's not me. That's not what I do. So I thought, okay, so here's the circumstances I can't change. What's within my control? What can I do to generate my own happiness? And I had some limitations that were not under my control. So I just didn't have all the flexibility I might normally have had. So what I did was I made a list of what makes me happy that I could do or that was within my control or purview given these uh, circumstances, which wouldn't, you know, like normally I would have maybe a different list, but given the circumstances, I had some additional constraints. So I made a list and then looked at the list of, hmm, well, of these things, what can I do? Well, I love being with children. I love doing arts and crafts. I love, you know, contributing to people and volunteering. So I decided to stitch three of them together. And what I did was I offered to babysit for free uh, friends, three children or four children, and do arts and crafts with them. So a friend of mine got to go out on a date with her husband and I got to do arts and crafts, which I love and spend time with young children because my children weren't that young. And it was phenomenal. It was just amazing. Granted, it was only for a couple of hours, but there's nothing like being around, you know, young children learning new, you know, so I had all these, took all these arts and crafts supplies over to their house because of course I'm the, I have like the mecca of arts and crafts supplies. Not as many as I used to because I got rid of a lot of stuff, but uh, it was just amazing. I mean, it was just, oh, it was, it was so wonderful. And that's actually an example of something that I did a YouTube video and I have a blog post on and I talk about in a lot of my podcasts and all my material, which is flipping the switch on your emotions. So I could not, at the time, change most of my circumstances, they were outside of my control and I had to, you know, I just had limitations that, you know, I wasn't happy about, but I also couldn't change them at the time. But it, but doing that flipped the switch on my emotions. I felt like a million bucks. I felt like myself and, and flipping the switch on your emotions is something that can help you generate happiness, even though it's not permanent, it really changes things. So. And plus I have these lovely memories that I created actually through a very dark period of all kinds of things that I did to, to, you know, generate my own happiness, even though, you know, it's like really, really awful stuff that happened to me, unbeknownst to me. I mean, I eventually found out 
I have these like wonderful pockets of memories of just great joy and great happiness because I got in the driver's seat and said, hmm, well, I'd like to do this. I mean, I took uh, someone and we went on a road trip to Buffalo, stayed with friends, saw our old friends. Like there were things that, you know, you can do. So I want you to start to look at happiness separate from your circumstances. I know it's not what we do, but I'm asking you to do that because it's extremely powerful. So before I get into the components of happiness and generating happiness and some actions to help you, I want to give you a quote from Napoleon Hill. Um, he's the author of Think and Grow Rich. That's the 1937 classic. And he's quoted as saying, quote, every adversity, every failure, and every heartache carries with it, the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. I don't know if you've read Think and Grow Rich. It is a, it is a huge classic. Highly recommend it. It's still sold today like it's brand new. It's a, it's a treasure, a deep, deep, wonderful treasure of a book. And, of course, he, he wrote the book from studying all the, the wealthiest, well-known people at the time whose names you would recognize today. So... Every adversity carries with it the possibility of an equal or greater benefit. It all depends on what you do with it. So I'm asking you to take the suffering. I'm asking you to take the hard times and the hardship. And I'm asking you to, to do something about that so that you end up as a better person. So here's what I would recommend so that you can be happy even though life is very hard right now. Number one... I'm asking you to just name it, own it, and claim it. So if you're suffering, you're unhappy, you're depressed, you have anxiety, you're feeling lonely, whatever, name it and claim it and own it. And don't have it be bad or wrong. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed that you're unhappy. It's okay that you're unhappy. Now, I'm hoping you're not going to stay unhappy because you're going to do something about it, but name it, own it, and claim it. That's the first step. Number two, make up your mind. Like, make a commitment that you are not going to spend the rest of your life or the rest or the next month or the next week or the next day or the next whatever consumed by grief and unhappiness. Just make up your mind. Commit to it. The minute you make a commitment, things will shift. It's amazing. Number three, this is hard for most people, but you want to grieve the loss. So at this time in life, there have been a lot of losses, and it's very helpful to grieve a loss. And I have some videos that would be helpful. You know, plenty of stuff on my blog post would be helpful, but you know, if you're if you've experienced a loss, which could be a loss of a, a loved one or family member or someone or financial loss or whatever loss, it's really it is helpful to grieve it. And we're not good with emotions in our society and we're particularly not good at grief and grieving a loss. Next, 
you can have a limited pity party, but I really recommend that you be limit, you limit it. Why? Because you want to start getting on the road to happiness. You want to start getting on the road to generating your own happiness and taking actions. Next up, I recommend that you ditch any disempowering attitudes and beliefs. Now, when I say disempowering attitudes or beliefs, many people don't recognize that they even have a disempowering attitude or belief. Now, I have two YouTube videos on my channel, one which is about disempowering attitudes and beliefs, where you'll find some examples of what I mean, and the other is examples of empowering attitudes or beliefs. But if you have a disempowering attitude or belief about life or about yourself, that can thwart you from having happiness. Because if you have, say, for example, a disempowering attitude or belief that you'll never win in life or you can't win, well, how is how is that going to serve you? It's not going to serve you. I mean, if you don't know about the self-fulfilling prophecy, you'll want to take a look at my YouTube video about that. That's a psychological concept that's been around for more than 40 years, although I don't know how many well-proven, well-documented, and you're either using the self-fulfilling prophecy to forward your life for good things, or you're using the self-defeating prophecy to get yourself bad things. You don't want to be defeating yourself. So you really want to take a moment and examine your attitudes and beliefs, because if you have a disempowering attitude or belief, you actually are definitely going to be using the self-defeating prophecy because that's what a disempowering attitude or belief would support. So that's important. Short videos, I mean, I think they're, they're under five minutes, maybe four minutes. But disempowering attitudes and beliefs have to go. You want to have a happy life where you are well-loved, happy, healthy, empowered. You want the good stuff in life. So certain attitudes or beliefs can take you out of the game. Next up, if you're a negative thinker, that has to go. It's well documented in the research, well documented, that negative thinking is extremely bad for your health. Remember earlier in this podcast, I listed 24 benefits to happiness. Well, the negative impact to negative thinking is kind of the opposite of that list I just read. Now, negative thinking includes pessimism, overthinking, catastrophizing, worrying excessively, being overly fearful. There's a whole category of things that fall under negative thinking, and that can include, by the way, uh, excessive anxiety, which might also be phobias. All right. Next up, it's extremely helpful if you start to accept yourself, love yourself, like love who you are. Now that's too much of an ask for, for many people. I understand that. But if you could just begin to like yourself, if you're, if you have really low self-esteem, most all my videos on my YouTube channel and my podcast and my blog post, which you can read for free, all that stuff's free, are going to help you. Because, you know, if you really have really low self-esteem, then you're probably going to be self-loathing. And self-loathing is not going to get you happiness. It's not going to get you friends. You know, people just don't, they don't like that. So, you know, go on the journey to accept yourself. And that means accepting your imperfections. You don't want to go through life being a perfectionist because it's exhausting. 
You know, you want to have fun. You want to have happiness. You want to have energy. You know, those things will take you out of the game. Next up, be grateful. I have a blog post about gratitude. Gratitude is kind of one of those things. It's very much like happiness that just has enormous health benefits. It's really beneficial. But gratitude is one of those things that it's a muscle. We're not born. I don't know if we're born being grateful or not, but gratitude is not something that we are overwhelmed with in life. It's kind of like maybe underwhelmed. Now, I do a lot of gratitude things because, of course, I've had all these hardships in life. So part of being happy is expressing gratitude. And the research is fascinating because, say, for example, when you write a thank you note, and I do have a YouTube video about writing a thank you note. When you write a thank you note, you get all these benefits from experiencing gratitude because you're expressing gratitude to someone else. It's very fascinating. So, but it's it's a muscle. So you have to practice it. And for for many people, that means they have to when they get up in the morning, they have to like write down things that are, they're grateful for. And if you keep doing that over and over and over again every day for however long, you will start to change, you'll start to shift, your thinking will start to shift, and you'll be grateful like that the weather's nice, or you'll be grateful that you got a good parking spot, or you know, like gratitude will be pervasive in your life. And for most people, gratitude, it's not pervasive. So build your muscles on gratitude. Next up, have a plan. Oh my goodness, I know if you're struggling with depression, anxiety, loneliness, isolation, all of these negative emotions and your suffering, coming up with a plan seems counterintuitive or like the last thing that you should do. I understand that. But I'm also here to say, with, with all my decades of experience and hardship, that it really works. Now, depending on your circumstances, you might have limitations for what kind of plan you could come up with or what kind of, you know, what kinds of things you could do. I've certainly been in that boat over and over again. But there are always things that you can plan or do. You can set goals. Just because you have limitations doesn't mean that you can't do anything. And when you have a plan, it could be a small goal like, you know, getting people together a year from now, or it could be, you know, starting to work on your self-care or your self-compassion, you know, like any goal. I don't care what goal you are, you have, hopefully you're going to have a reward system, which I have a blog post about and a YouTube video about, YouTube video about, I am a fan majorly of having a reward system because people need to be supported while they're making changes and developing new ha habits, attitudes, practices, skills, and beliefs. So have a reward system and then figure out what would you be really happy about? Like what would really inspire you? I mean, when I talked about you know, taking a road trip to my old haunts, that was really inspiring because I was going to get to see all these people that I loved. And, you know, the trip was extremely inexpensive, just the cost of gas, really, and a little bit of food because mostly we were fed by people that we stayed with and visited with. So, you know, I, when we look forward to that trip and we had great music, I mean, it was like, a, it's a major, wonderful memory, very inexpensive. And we look forward to it and we enjoyed it. And then afterward, we have these great memories. I mean, I will tell you back in the day when I really had a different circumstances, but equally actually traumas really is what, what it was. 
you know, I planned a reunion for a year and a, or a year and a half, whatever, out because it gave me something to look forward to. Even though my, I had human, um, just, just incredible suffering. I'm talking trauma, trauma, trauma. But it really gave me something to look forward to. And of course, all these people benefited. We had this amazing reunion. And, you know, it gave me something to do to use, you know, occupy a little bit of my time. And it was a distraction from these major traumas that I couldn't control. So having a plan or setting goals can pull you forward. Of course, you want to have those things that are going to make you happy and, and or inspired. So have a plan. All right, next up, I already mentioned this, but know what makes you happy. Yes, I coach people, and guess what? I don't, I don't think I've ever coached anyone who knew when I asked them, what's on your list of what makes you happy? I don't think I've ever had anyone in over 15 years that's ever said, oh, yeah, I know what makes me happy. We, we are not the happiness champions in society and in the world. We're kind of the opposite. If you want to be a happiness champion and you want to have happiness be your thing or be in your wheelhouse, you need to understand what is it that makes you happy. Well, when people typically go to make the list of what makes them happy, oftentimes what shows up is the things that make them unhappy, which is fine. You can make a list of that too. But eventually, you want to sort out for yourself the things that make you happy. Like volunteering always makes me happy. Contributing to others makes me happy. Playing with my dog or teaching him new tricks. Hanging out with my children or my friends. You know, like, you know, like I have a lot of things that make me happy. Or I could just do arts and crafts or painting and that makes me happy. But you need to understand what makes you happy and then Put that in your life. Sprinkle your life with the things that make you happy. Now, next up, I'm hoping that you're beginning to get a sense that you can be happy independent of your circumstances. I just hope you're, you're really taking that in. Like, I've had some pretty bad traumas that I would love to talk about, but really not appropriate that I was still able to be functional and happy because I have the skill sets. That goes back to some earlier traumas in life. <laughs> I know. I know, people. I know. All right, next up, work on yourself. Listen, growth and development. This is what I'm talking about. When you're learning new skills, you're learning new habits, new attitudes, new beliefs, you're changing things, that's called growth and development. And it is the access to love. It's the access to self-awareness and emotional skills. It's like where all the great stuff is. And it doesn't have to be bad. You can have it be really fun. I'm, I am a huge fan. And if you're not sure about growth and development, you can go to my blog post from November 2019 and read about the top 45 ways that growth and development will help you. Or you could look at one or two of my YouTube videos because I have some videos about the benefits of growth and development, etc. So you want to really take on you. You want to take on your life. You want to take on self-awareness. Like, don't you want to be well-loved in life? I hope everybody wants to, to be well-loved in life. Why would you not want that? I don't know why you wouldn't want that. Of course you want that. And what stops people from being well-loved is the things that you can take care of under growth and development. So next up, deal with your issues. Like, you have issues in life, just deal with them. 
You don't need to be embarrassed or ashamed. You want to love yourself. You want to appreciate yourself. That includes loving your imperfections, which, by the way, I have plenty of imperfections. Just ask my children. They could list them off for you. But seriously, like you want to be well-loved, but if you have trust issues, having trust issues is going to get in the way of you having love in your life. You know, some people, you know, carry anger and resentment. Well, that saps some of their energy. It saps, the t you know, it's, it's very negative and it doesn't serve them. So deal with your issues. And by the way, that would be using growth and development. So whatever your issues are, don't make them be bad. Just say, hey, you know, like I know one of my issues, one of my Achilles heels is that I am too trusting. So I've tried to work on that and I've just accepted that you know, I have to have a little pause here around me sometimes to go, is that, is that really a good idea? Because we all know I'm too trusting. And, and my friends will laugh and they'll go, yeah, that seems fine. Or, oh my gosh, Lisa, are you kidding? Oh, you just are too trusting. No, no, don't do that. So deal with your issues. And I, I'm like, oh, I'm okay with them too trusting, I, although I'm prudent. I'm, I'm like way more prudent about it now. So another thing that's proven to be helpful is if you can find your purpose or mission in life, and sometimes it's just being that person that volunteers or, you know, contributes to other people, like you could have anything as a mission or purpose. And that usually helps people enormously. You can set out, you could Put on an explorer's cap and really go exploring like, hmm, I'm whatever age I am. What do I want my life to be for or about? What, what could my purpose be? You know, my purpose is to help people be happy, well-loved, and healthy, even when life is horrible. That's my purpose. Now, <laughs> you know, I have the right skills for that. <laughs> which we could say is unfortunate or tragic or whatever, but it is what it is, right? So that's just my purpose because that's apparently what God has, you know, shaped me for or primed me for. The next thing that's going to be really, really helpful, and that's being present. I have a short video about being present. Being present, people oftentimes don't really know what I mean. And that's really where you're being in the moment. You're being right here, right now with whoever you are or whatever you're doing. It's not thinking about tomorrow or last week or last night while you're talking to somebody. It's just being with someone else. It's just, you know, usually in a conversation. So live in the now. If you're living right now and doing things right now, really being present, you're not thinking about tomorrow or the future or yesterday. You're just being right here, right now. And that's really helpful. Next up, and I already mentioned this in the podcast, which is practice flipping the switch on your emotions. It is it is very helpful. I had to do it four times last Thursday. So, you know, but it's extremely powerful because you have something really bad happen. And then you can just like get get going and get it turned around really quickly. Like that's what you want. You don't want to be, you know, stuck, you know, suffering. You want to be able to get out of suffering and move into a better, happier space, flipping the switch on your emotions will help you do that. And I have a video and a blog post about that. Next up, oh my goodness, using your emotions as a superpower. Your emotions literally are a superpower, but here's the problem. We are not raised in this country or in society or in the world 
learning how to identify, manage, and process our emotions. It's just not a skill set that the majority of the world has. It's not. And that is, by the way, a source of many of the problems, including unhappiness, including, you know, suffering, including depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, et cetera, et cetera. So you really, really, really want to have, I mean, why would you not want to have emotions as a superpower? If you knew how powerful they were and, and how, and what skills you were lacking, you'd want to go get those skills. You know, we, we, we make people get a, a take a test to get their driver's license. So they have to take a written and a, and a driving test. But you r run around in life and there's no test about, you know, your emotions. And we have most of the negative emotions, anger, grief, loss, sadness, all those things that were just, you know, emotional pain that we're very, very bad at. So you can look at my second podcast, Emotions is a Superpower, and take that on and have it be fun. I, I'm a huge fan of fun. Life is too hard. Life is too short. You know, I mean, there's just all kinds of reasons to be happy and to have fun. I, I hope you're going to take that on. Next thing I recommend is really to get a buddy or a partner, a partner in crime, who's going to go on this journey with you to change your lives. Why not? Like my kids used to ride the amusement rides at an amusement park up in New York State by themselves at a certain point. And then I took them aside and I said, you know what? This just has to change. That's no fun. Oh, yes, it's fine. It's fine. I said, all right, now look, you're going to do a little experiment. We're going to watch all the people on the rides who are by themselves. And while we're doing that, we're going to watch all the people who are on the rides with other people. And they were like, oh, yeah, there's no question. The people who are have somebody else in the, in the ride with them look way happier. I'm like, okay, so no more riding by yourself. And that was it. They didn't ride rides by themselves anymore. Don't, don't ride life by yourself. Grab a partner. If you don't have a partner... You know, because you're single or you live alone or whatever, make new friends. If you don't have a friend you can take along or a family member or a relative or your child or your, you know, whoever, make new friends. I have a whole section of videos on my YouTube channel about making friends. I have a blog post about it too, but I have several videos about making friends because it's hard. Listen, if making friends was easy, everybody would have tons of friends. But making friends and keeping friends, by the way, is not easy. So, but get somebody because you're going to enrich their life. They're going to enrich your life. You're going to like hopefully be cheering each other on. Get a, get a get a positive partner and make it fun. You know, like why not? I rare I do as little by myself as I can. Why? Because I enjoy people. I enjoy rich, meaningful conversations. I talk to strangers all the time and, and they reveal their deep dark secrets because I get into these meaningful conversations and it makes life so rich. Like this is the essence of life, people, in my opinion. And lastly, if you're financially solvent. You know, now would be a really good time for you to contribute to people and you could contribute, you know, to people financially or if you're financially solvent, you know, that might not be contributing financially, although it could and maybe should, but then get out there and volunteer. There's plenty of ways and places you can volunteer even during a pandemic. So I hope that you're really awake and thinking about happiness in a whole new way. I hope that. So here's some takeaways from this podcast. Number one, life involves suffering and it's just hard sometimes. It's just a fact of life, 
even without a pandemic. Without a pandemic, if you listen to my podcast on using emotional pain to your advantage, I list in there like, I don't know, 20-some things or more of deep emotional pain. That's in everyday life without a pandemic. So life is hard. That's just a fact. Takeaway number two is that you can still be happy and experience great love and great joy during difficult times. Takeaway number three, but I mean, you're going to have to take some action to have that happen. Takeaway number three is that you can separate happiness from your circumstances, which I highly, highly recommend. So have your happiness be something that you can generate even when you're in terrible circumstances because it's possible. And last takeaway is, you know, happiness does not have to be elusive. It doesn't have to be a someday I'll be happy. You can have it right now if you're willing to get in action, if you're willing to grow and develop, if you're willing to do whatever's necessary. So I gave you a bunch of different things that you could be doing. Let me know how I can help you. You know, check out my videos, check out my other podcasts and my blog posts. And if there's not enough information there, okay, the blog posts fill a six by nine book to the tune of 462 pages. So there's plenty of free information for you to read on my blog post. There's over 120 YouTube videos. You know, I've got tons of information, but if there's something that you need that's not already there, leave me a comment. You know, leave me a a comment on my YouTube channel or on my blog post. Let me know because I want to help you. I want you to be well-loved, happy, and healthy even when times are terrible. Okay, here's my call to action. So I'm asking you to open your heart to love and happiness. Like, love and happiness can be a choice, and I'm asking you to get into action. I don't know what actions you need to take. I gave you a list of things you could do. You're you. I'm not you. I don't know whether you have trust issues or not or whether you're a negative. I don't know you. But I think I've covered enough territory for you to have a very good idea of what you might need to do. Next, I'm asking you to take somebody on this journey. Like, just make life more fun by getting a buddy. I mean, if that means you have to make new friends or make a new friend. I have a YouTube video (laughs) called Using Social Media to Your Advantage. You could make a new buddy using your social media platforms to join you on this journey, even if they are in another part of the world or another part of the country. And lastly... There are so many people suffering right now. I'm asking you if you got any kind of value from this podcast that you share it to help people because it's free and you don't know who you might impact. All right. Love you. I'm Lisa A. Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast episode number seven, Being Happy When Life is Hard. I really hope you're going to get on this road to happiness, learn new skills, make the changes you need to make, and please connect with me on my website at www.lisaalundy.com where you can clearly read my book, most of it, 98% of it, for free, or you could enter my giveaway to win copies of my book or other great prizes. And really, I just want you to have a happy, healthy life where you're well-loved. So thank you for listening. I love you. Take care.